Uh, okay. Well, Peter, uh, it's that time of the episode again where we do uh, some character portraits. Hmm. Do you mind if I jump in here? Oh, yeah. It's like being war wrapped in a warm blanket with a hot cup of cocoa. Yes. Well, I'm excited to talk about this because um, the comic books have been coming out and releasing some information on the Inquisitor, so this couldn't mm. be timed better. We should also shout out to check out our bonus episode because Jonah Marie, a little while ago, had some really cool Inquisitor episode information that we yeah. are going to expand on. Yeah, I'm not going to step on too much of it. No. But the Inquisitor, basically, here's some things we didn't talk about. He was born in 47 BBY on his home world of Utapau. So here in this episode, he's 43. Hmm. Um, Older than X. Utapau is freaking awesome, too. We first see it in Revenge of the Sith. Hmm. Um, we even see the Utapauans for the first time, who look a lot like the Inquisitor. He's here. No war unless you've brought it with you. Um, hmm. So the Grand Inquisitor, commonly known as the Inquisitor, was the name adopted by this Powan male who was once a Jedi Knight who turned to the dark side of the Force and became the leader of the Inquisitor Inquisitorius which is a band of Jedi hunters who basically serve uh, the Emperor. And they rock. And they rock and roll. And the yeah. Inquisitor, so the, the Inquisitor was once a Jedi temple guard and mm. was involved in events surrounding the bombing of the Jedi temple during the Clone Wars. He also arrested the innocent and later exonerated Padawan Ahsoka Tanu, as well as he helped um, capture the culprit Barris Ophi. Are you going to talk about what led to him leaving the order, becoming dissolution? A little bit, but you can jump in. Because you just mentioned it, that actually the trial of yes, exactly. Ahsoka Tano is what made him dis disillusioned with the Jedi because he also yeah. thought that she was being treated unfairly. Yes. Cool. Exactly. This, that's, that's basically where it was headed. Sick. Um, but after his fall to the dark side, um, the Grand Inquisitor was responsible for for hunting down and eliminating Jedi, which he did, and did successfully. Uh, he personally served the Sith Lord Vader, for whom he received his, his direct orders and was intimately familiar with the Jedi records, with the, rep with the records of the Jedi Temple. And this comes up in those comic books, actually, where you see the Inquisitor actually, um, you see him in the library, like, reading books and like mm -hmm. his feet on the table and him like chucking the books to his side and that's when he gets like Jocasta new super mad yeah. she comes down and fights him so and sick. that's when Vader comes in and Vader actually tries to almost kills the Inquisitor mm -hmm. before the em Emperor stops him and says basically hey this guy's working for us kind of thing uh, but yeah and the reason he, tr he falls from the dark side was a lot of disillusionment and a lot of that has to do with Ahsoka Tano um, so that is really interesting actually mm -hmm. um some some things about him personally he so those red lines on his face aren't part of Utapawan like it's not like an Utapawan thing like they have those markings those are tattoos on his face mm. um well yeah yeah but culturally cuz the one we see in uh in Revenge of the Sith has like red tattoos on his face too no. so they're not born with it but I don't like, think he does uh, I'm gonna look up a picture. Yeah, because I don't think that's true. It looks different. Yeah, maybe I'm wrong. Is that not a? Oh, uh, I think those are just like bags under his eyes. But it like, kind of goes down, but down his cheeks. 
Maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he's just wearing makeup. Mm. Well, the ones on the Inquisitor are much more much more striking, almost like stripes. Yeah, that's true. So these are tattoos. These aren't a part of like anything what of what Uwe Powens look like. Um. Yeah, so he has those tattoos. He has he wears black armor emblazoned with the crest of the Galactic Empire. He carries that red gyroscopic double bladed lightsaber. Um and yeah, he when he flies, this is something I found interesting. So we <laughs> see him fly see him fly a tie advanced mm-hmm. uh V one starfighter. He has to wear those like he has to make sure he wears like the special uh adjutant's helmet. Because apparently, um, Powans have hypersensitive ears. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's weird. Which I thought was funny. So they have hypersensitive ears. Why do you need a whole uh, helmet for hypersensitive ears? I don't know, but he has to wear one. Um, some background on the Inquisitor. Uh, he was the first character actually announced for Star Wars Rebels. The huh. char- he was revealed like in a 2013 Comic-Con in New York. Hmm. Um, in which a video was shown introducing him as the Jedi Hunter and like the recurring antagonist. Um, in 2015, Filoni revealed that the Inquisitor appeared in the Clone Wars. Um, and the audience didn't know that. You know, he said like, oh, he was at the Jedi Temple. He was a guard there and a Jedi Knight. And at the a press conference for the Twilight of the Apprentice, the finale of the show's second season, Filoni revealed that the Grand Inquisitor was in the Clone Wars fifth season finale, The Wrong Jedi, as mm-hmm. one of the Jedi Temple Guards who escorted yeah. Tanu um, and Barriss Ophi. Uh, so, yeah, that's interesting, but there's... Totally. Not a ton to be said about the Inquisitor. I think his story is really interesting, and I think it would have been fun if it was you played out a little more in the show and, like, a little less in the background. But, mm-hmm. um, but I like his story. Yeah. And I think it's interesting. I think it's just obviously written after the fact. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, like they didn't really utilize it in the show super well. Um, because it is interesting. So there's the Inquisitor. If you have warriors, now is the time. Hey, Mike, are you ready to go over the greatest hits of Sum 41? No. Well, that's too bad, because it's time that we get into deep, <laughs> and we're going to get Uh-oh. deep on lightsaber forms. <laughs> I get it. That was a big stretch. I don't like it, but I get it. <laughs> um, so... We talked about Form 3 a little bit, you did, and it was fantastic, so I'm going to go over some of the other ones. We'll mention Form 3 really quickly, but I thought this was an interesting thing that we kind of saved for a couple episodes. Each style of lightsaber fighting has a different form, Um, and so let's go through them really quickly. Form 1 is also called Shicho, and they also have like multiple names, so it's called Shicho. Way of the Sarlacc, or the Determination Form. Hmm. 
So this was the first form ever created, and it's kind of the basis for everything you need to know. So it's the first one that's taught to younglings when they pick up a lightsaber, and it provides the basic knowledge of just like sword fighting and blaster deflection. It's kind of what you need to know in order to build on more complex forms. Um, One of the big things is this form also teaches users to rely on the force instead of their natural abilities. So that is why it's usually taught while the user is blinded. So that is what Mm -hmm. Luke is learning when he's training with the target remote on the Falcon. So notable practitioners are everybody. Because that's what you need (laughs) to know. Um, they did say like some people who are just maybe less advanced Jedi just only use form one and never really built on. Um, but they're the real slackers. Um, form two is also known as Murkashi way of the Yalsamiri or the contention for okay. which the Yalsamiri like, sure. I, is is that actually canon? I don't know. I should look into that, but that's something from the Thrawn novel that like, it's like this slug that, or like that lives in a tree, but it neutralizes force powers. It's really weird. Huh. So like he like has these trees of these slugs and like it makes Luke Skywalker not able to like fight back. It's weird. But anyway, mm-hmm. this is a specialist form for duels. Uh, form two relies heavily on careful and controlled swipe strikes instead of powering strength and big swipes. Um, so it was developed as a precise counter to form one. So mm-hmm. notable practitioners are Count Dooku, the Grand Inquisitor, Hyari Mundi, Asajj Ventress, and Shock T. I love it. Love Shock T. Yeah. So I should also note for these uh, practitioners, not all of these were I found various sources that some people practice different things. So some of them I got from different sources, but I also made inferences on some of them, um, which we'll mm. get to in a little bit. Um, but yeah, you see like Count Dooku is like very like Zoro with his lightsaber fighting. So that's form two. Form huh. three, you mentioned Sorisu, Way of the Minoc, or the Resilience form is a form more focused on defense than attack. And it's generally only used by the Jedi because it kind of envisions or it embodies like, you know, that the whole like always for defense, never for attack, um, which I know you mentioned. Some of the people were practitioners, uh, Deepa Balaba and Kanan, Obi-Wan Kenobi, Luke Skywalker, Barris Offrey, Luminara Unruli, and the Grand Inquisitor. You may notice a theme. Mm. Yeah. Yep. Uh, form four, also known as Ataru, uh, or the way of the hawk bat, or the aggression form, is an acrobatic combat style that's more suited to open spaces. It's powerful and offensive, <laughs> and it relies on acrobatics and speed. So this form requires the user to allow the force to flow through them and giving the which gives them almost supernatural abilities. Um, So an example of this would be Yoda, who's like kind of like old and crippled, but he lets the force flow through him when he fights and flips around and does crazy stuff. Um, In the last years of the Republic, Anakin Skywalker actually made adjustments to the classic form for techniques and demonstrated them in a holographic recording that was later found by Kanan. So, there's like a little like 
form 4.2 that Anakin kind of made. Um, so some of the practitioners are Quinlan Voss, Qui-Gon Jinn, Darth Maul, Darth Sidious, Ayla Secura, Yoda, Anakin, and the Grand Inquisitor. So like, this is an example, Darth Maul and Darth Sidious, Sidious weren't mentioned specifically in any of the things I wrote, but I think it's pretty obvious Darth Maul uses a acrobatic combat style insidious like when he's fighting yoda in the chambers and does like that crazy scary flip thing that seems pretty form four e so yeah take it with a grain of salt um form five also known as xien way of the crate dragon dragon or the perseverance form Form 5 allowed a Jedi to deflect blaster fire back at an opponent. So it's kind of like a offensive version of Form 3. So instead of just deflecting the blaster bolts, you deflect it back at someone to turn it into offensive action. Um, A variant called Gem So, Gem So, focuses on strong blocks of lightsabers followed by powerful counterattacks um this is there's there's also like an ancient style of this which uses like an unconventional reverse grip which ahsoka tano was fond of so some of the people who use this are darth vader which i think is like the variant where he uses very strong powerful moves this one sounds like the like the long european long sword like very Mm. yeah I'm impressed with your sword knowledge. Thank you. <laughs> um, Luke Skywalker was known to use it and Mace Windu. And I'm also throwing this in, uh, but from the legends, Kyle Katarn, which was a dope Jedi, and Starkiller mm. from the video games were known to oh, yeah. use this form. So form six is also known as Neiman, which I think is the mm. lamest of the names. Way of the Rancor, which is probably the coolest of the names, or the diplomat's form, which is the lamest of the names. <laughs> <laughs> this form aims to combine all forms in balance and moderation. So as such, this form is favored by the Jedi because it works in harmony with the Jedi teaching of balance within oneself. It's mm. less intensive than other forms, which allows a user to focus on other areas of the battle, um, like using force things, like throwing things and force pushes. But it also encourage the user to get the upper hand by outsmarting an opponent. So you might not necessarily take him down with your lightsaber, but you might, you know, we see this with Darth Vader uh, when he's fighting Luke and Empire, you know, he's shooting all those like machines at him and stuff like that while fighting him with a lightsaber. Mm-hmm. Um, so after this is very common amongst all the Jedi, but after training with form one uh, for a couple of years, a Jedi would then train for 10 years in form six so obviously most of the jedi use it but also the grand inquisitor uses it and then i thought this was interesting darth maul uses this so we'll get to another the next form which seems very molly but um he actually really liked this form because he kind of like showing off all his skills so when you see him fighting at the end of phantom menace he's actually using this form a lot more than any other. Hmm. I've always heard that the sixth form, uh, Neiman is kind of, I don't know how to put it, like a, 
a narrative of the six, the five forms before it. It's like this culmination of the six, all these six forms. But then the seventh form that you're going to talk about kind of breaks, breaks the circle of those six completely. That's a great way of putting it. Yeah. It kind of takes the best parts of all the forms and puts them together. But then form seven is also known as Juyo way of Mm the Vortensker or the ferocity form. Yeah. So this one is considered the most aggressive and unpredictable form. Um, this is the most difficult and demanding of all lightsaber combat, but masters were known to be almost unstoppable against a lone combatant. Um, so yeah, yeah like you said, like it, it, this is mainly a dark side technique because it's so aggressive and you kind of need to be fueled by hate a little bit, but there is a Jedi variation called Vapad which requires the user to fall into a balanced trance that allows yeah. the force to flow through them and not succumb to the dark side. Yeah. Cause that's the thing I've always heard about Juyo is mm-hmm. it is a, even though it is like a hectic, it's a very focused chaos. It's all about like a focused emotion. Yeah, totally. And it's almost more of a philosophical kind of form than anything. Yeah. So a Jedi, when they use this, um, they're required to accept the fury of their opponent and transform it into joy through combat, which mm. is an interesting concept. Um, but because of this, the Jedi warned that use of this form led users dangerously close to the dark side. So Darth Maul does use this form a lot. It seems like very Molly, like I said, um, but also Mace Windu used this form quite a bit because um, he's just, I don't know, skilled. Be a yeah. mother effer. Yeah. So you'll notice um, also one other note about all the forms is that the Grand Inquisitor shows up a lot as practitioners. And like you mentioned in your Grand Inquisitor deep dive, it's because he's a bit of a book nerd and he likes to do the extra credit. So he learned all these different forms. So he's kind of an expert in a lot of different forms, um, which is pretty uncommon. Um, these, I'm going to bring up two other things real quick. These aren't necessarily forms. They're just like techniques, but there's a thing called jar high, which is the method of using two lightsabers at the same time. Um, there's, I thought this was funny, but there's a Jedi named Pong Krell, which is Dexter Jetster's species. And because he has four arms, he uses a variation of jar to use two double bladed lightsabers at the same time, which is dope. Um, this form is not very common, but many force users learn it just in case of emergency. Like, um, we see like Obi-Wan throw Anakin, his lightsaber and Anakin uses it for a while to fight Dooku. Um, but it was the primary form for Ahsoka Tano for Darth Maul. After he kind of returned from death, he gave up the double bladed lightsaber and used two lightsabers and Mm. Asajj Ventress. Um, also, oh yeah, Darth Sidious was known to use this technique often, um, which I find exceptionally scary for some reason. Mm. Um, in the book, Heir to the Jedi, Luke Skywalker used Jarkai, um, after he found a dead Rodian Jedi Knight's lightsaber, uh, to defeat a beast called a guest. And he, but he admitted that he was mostly acting out of panicked reflexes instead of skill. I just bring that up because I like the idea of a Rodian Jedi. Huh. <laughs> um, the last 
thing is a technique called the whirlwind of destiny. It's not really even a technique. It's just a move. And basically the whirlwind of destiny was a move that was created by a nine-year-old fan named Brendan Lake, who won Hasbro's join the Jedi contest uh, with that maneuver. So he kind of recorded himself making up this lightsaber move. And so they animated that move into the show and showed like a youngling training with it. And he received screen credit for it, which I think is just kind of funny that a nine-year-old got screen credit on Clone Wars. That's dope. That is dope. So I want to ask you uh, before we leave, out of all the Forbes that I mentioned, which one would you use? Ah, jeez. Um... I mean, form three is pretty mm. great. You are very about, peaceful. Because it is all about, it's, I feel like it embodies the Jedi the most, this knowledge and defense thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which I like. It's not, it's not for attack, it's for defense and knowledge only. Mm. So, what about you? Um, I'd like to say probably form five, kind of the Darth Vader, like, the power one because I'm just kind of like a big guy <laughs> but the real answer is I probably just would stick with form one because I was an underachiever in school <laughs> um, but I would definitely use two lightsabers I always thought that was like the coolest configuration yeah the Ahsoka Tani thing is pretty freaking dope yeah um, like any video game where you're allowed to equip two lightsabers that was my default every single time yeah, Knights of the Old Republic. Yep, went to. Yep, Force Unleashed. Force Unleashed two. Um, yep. the Old Republic MMORPG. Yep. Are there any other lightsaber games? Something. Skyrim. I don't know. <laughs> All right, let's wrap this up. <laughs> Sorry. This is, this is just now. I'm just late. now. I'm just naming video games I like. Yeah. So that's all I got. Nice. Well, thank you. <laughs> thank you. And you know what? We did it. Thanks to Crystal Beth as well. Yeah, she was a delight. Yes. I love her podcast, Unlimited Live. Yeah. It's really, really good. Um, They, they actually did a Last Jedi episode that came out a little while ago that was really fun. Yeah. Um, Let's listen. So check that out. Check out The Fifth Element and check her yeah. out at The Crystal Beth on the social meds. Yes, and uh, check us out on social meds. Yeah, nice at Rebels Rebels Pod. We're on Gmail. We're on. We have the Gmail. We have the Facebook. <laughs> we have the Instagram. We have the Twitter. Sick. Rebels Rebels Pod. Rebels Rebels Pod at Gmail That's where to find us. That's how to get in contact. Nice. And uh, well, until next time, be brave out there, and don't look back. Don't look back. Bye bye. Yep. <laughs>